Schumacher's 26 uh, to 20 uh, to uh, give Purdue its fifth loss uh, of the year. Uh, Iowa was able to snap a two-game losing streak. They had lost to Michigan and Penn State the previous two games. Uh, but obviously the number one story from Purdue's standpoint was the game that David Bell produced. 13 catches, 197 yards, uh, one touchdown uh, reception that came at the end of the first half that, that brought the Boilermakers within 9-7. to seven. Uh, But just an, uh, an overall... Uh, coming out party for David Bell a little bit. Uh, you know, I think we've seen this coming over the last few weeks. You know, I thought after the Vanderbilt game, going back to week two, that he was on the verge of of having this kind of game. And uh, if you want to, if you want to go back to uh, you know the Minnesota game after Rondell Moore got hurt, he stepped up. And then. Go to the Maryland game uh, where he, he had another uh, big performance, but this topped all that. And the, the thing now to look forward to in my mind, and I wrote about this a little bit, was now you get Rondell Moore back, you got David Bell playing at a really high level. Uh, where does this offense go? What's the potential for this offense? And the ceiling's really, really high for what could happen with this offense. It all centers on the offensive line. That that hasn't changed. But uh, if you can get the protection, if you can give Jack Plummer or whoever the quarterback is time, then uh, there's plenty of weapons out there now. And you know, I, 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 Rondell Moore can't get back fast enough for me to, to see Rondell Moore playing at a high level, David Bell in the groove that he's he's playing in right now, throwing Bryson Hopkins the tight end, and you just can't double anybody. You really can't, and if you do if you do choose to double someone, then uh, you're leaving a lot of one-on-one matchups out on the field, uh, and you know you, you have to think that Jeff Brom can can exploit that. So. What David Bell did today was pretty remarkable. You have to remember that Iowa came into the game uh, ranked fifth in the country, fifth in the country in total defense, giving up around 260 yards per game. Uh, and Purdue ended up with 360 yards. Uh, you know, uh, Jack Plummer had well over 300 yards, but uh, Bell was just able to get open. Uh, and you know, Jeff Brom said it after the game. Just so smooth in what he does. He rem- he reminds him of Jerry Rice, in that he just kind of goes about his business, runs his routes, and all of a sudden he's in the end zone, or he's got a big, uh, big play. And there were, you know, he had a couple of big plays today: a 42-yarder uh, and a 54-yarder. Uh, and I, I just think more of those are going to come. And as as he gets more comfortable in the offense, which he looks pretty darn comfortable right now. Uh, you know that was just that's a positive sign for Purdue uh, for for this year, but also in the future. And you know, I think everybody knows what this year is about right now. And you know, today was Purdue's fifth loss of the year. Uh, you know, their margin for error is getting tighter and tighter as far as trying to get to a bowl game. Uh, they still have an opportunity. They're, you know, no one's no one's saying they don't, but they. Uh, it's getting getting a little bit uh, tighter to try to get to that bowl game this year, but you know 
about uh, getting these getting these freshmen out on the field and seeing what they can do and getting them as much experience as possible. Uh, and maybe you make a run here at the end of the year, but maybe more importantly, uh, you really set uh, yourself up for next year in 2020 when you've got you know a, a healthy David Bell, a healthy Rondell Moore. Got Milton Wright coming back. You've got some other receivers. Uh, you know, with, you know, there's enough time and there's enough uh, time left in the season to talk about what come, might come next year. But that's that's what we're seeing right now. That's what we're uh, that's what we're seeing unfold is the you know the key development of, uh, of some of these players and what this program could be uh, over the next year or two and even even as you get deeper uh, into this season. But, uh, you know, David Bell was the number one storyline coming out of uh, today's game. Uh, it's just unfortunate Purdue couldn't find a way to win. Uh, the other thing, you know, that is worth talking about, and, you know, it's kind of Jeff Brom's decision uh, not to kick the ball deep uh, after Purdue had pulled within 19-13. to 13, with about three minutes to go, Purdue had all three of its timeouts left, uh, and Brom elected to go for an onside kick, which, as everyone knows, is a low percentage play. And Jeff was asked about it after the game and said, you know, anytime they've kicked off deep, they never got the ball back, which he's right, absolutely correct. But I think with three timeouts uh, and the way that your defense you know, has been playing, and I, you know, I thought overall the defense played pretty well today, considering where where that defense has been and the injuries that it it, ha, it has suffered. And you keep throwing newcomers in there. Uh, you know, Iowa only scored one touchdown. Uh, you know, they kept them out of the end zone. That's that, that's kind of the name of the game. They gave up field goals, but you know, the bottom line is you don't you don't give up a lot of touchdowns and. You know, Purdue didn't give up a lot of touchdowns today. Uh, but, you know, I kind of disagree with Jeff Brom uh, on that decision. I, I say just kick it deep. Uh, hopefully you get a touchback out of that. And then, you know, you line up at the 25-yard line. And I was going to run the ball. You know, you put some pressure on them to try to get the first down. But, you know, then you use your timeouts. And if you happen to get a three and out, then they're punting to you and you're going to get the ball with well over two minutes to play. And you have to go maybe 65, 70 yards. Uh, that's plenty of time in my mind. You know, instead, you tried onside kick that didn't work. Uh, and then there was a late hit uh, after Iowa had recovered the onside kick. So you moved it up 15 yards. From, from the spot, and all of a sudden, I was in Purdue territory. You're trying to get a three and out. Uh, any, even if you do get a three and out and you use your, your timeouts, they're already in field goal range. And, you know, if they kick a field goal, it, it's, it's, a, it's a two possession game again. So things unraveled for Purdue in that situation. But with, with that many time, with all your timeouts left, uh, I just think the, the clear decision was kick it deep and trust your defense to make make the stops. 
know, you play the run. Uh, and, you know, Purdue had done done okay against the run uh, on Saturday. Uh, you know, they gave up some big passing plays throughout the game, but they had held up okay against the run. And you know what I was going to do. You know, you know what Kurt Ferentz is going to do. He's not going to get all aggressive and crazy. He's going to hand it off. And he's going to he's going to have conservative plays. He's going to have safe plays. He's going to force Purdue to use his timeouts. He's not going to put the ball in the air. And if he does, it's a it's a it's a short pass. It's a, a swing pass. It's it's not anything that that's that's high that's going to be high risk from from Iowa's standpoint. So I, I you know I felt Purdue didn't give itself the best chance to win the game at the end. You know, obviously the the second time, you know, after Purdue had pulled within 26-20, and there are, you know, 30 some seconds to go, you Purdue has to do an onside kick in that situation, and they didn't get it. But you know that that's you know the, I think Jeff Brom's decision to uh, to to kick the first onside kick wasn't the wasn't the correct decision. Now maybe he has a chart. Maybe he has analytical data to back up that decision. Um, uh, you know, he was asked about it after the game, and uh, he just said that uh, they thought about it, but you know, chose to to go the onside kick route. And, and you know, again, we'll never know if it works or not. But I just don't feel like uh, the coaching staff gave, uh, or Jeff Brom's decision in that situation gave gave the Boilermakers the best chance to, to maybe pull pull the game out uh, at the end. But you can go back earlier in the game, earlier in the fourth quarter after uh, Diedrich Mackey's uh, pick, uh, interception that uh, brought the ball to the nine-yard line. And at that point, you're thinking it's 19-10, to 10, and Purdue really needs to get a touchdown in this situation. Now, there's, uh, there's more than 10 minutes to go in the game. There's a lot of time left, uh, but the first play was a fumbled snap by Jack Plummer. Uh, second play, I want to say, was an incomplete pass, uh, and then the third play didn't. It was another incomplete pass. There might have been a run in there. I don't have the uh, stat sheet in front, of him, in front of me because I'm driving number one, and I don't want to look at it. Uh, but the bottom line is they lost a yard. They were facing fourth and goal from the 10. Uh, the chances of picking up a touchdown in that situation were, was pretty remote. Uh, probably lower than getting an onside kick, to be honest. Uh, but I thought the right decision at that point was to kick a field goal and get yourself within one score with, uh, I believe, 11 minutes and 36 seconds to go. Plenty of time that if your defense got a stop that you would still be in a position to go down and score. Now, if after the interception, you know, Purdue had gained some yards, uh, had moved inside the five, uh, and a little bit closer to the goal line, then maybe you try to go for the touchdown in that situation. But, you know, I thought it was the right decision at that time to kick the field goal to get within uh, 19 uh, to 13. So you know there were a lot, there were several kind of key moments in this game. Uh, we talked about the defense a little bit, where you know Iowa takes the opening kickoff and just goes 
right down the field, boom, 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 boom. And but the, you know the defense keeps them out, keeps them out of the end zone. You know it's they hold them to the field goal. Next Iowa possession, it's kind of the same thing. Purdue holds them to the field goal, and you know that that became key as you got deeper into the first half, and then Purdue was able to score that touchdown, the seven-yard pass to David Bell. So at halftime, it's it's nine to seven, and Purdue's going to get the ball to start the second half, uh, and the natives at, at Kinnick Stadium are already a little restless because uh, they didn't like how Kurt Ferentz took a knee at the end of the first half, so uh, they boo their team off the field, which, you know, that's their choice, that's a, that's their prerogative. Uh, I mean, they, I'll just say this, Iowa fans know who Kirk Ferentz is and what he does, and if you don't know that by now, then you're not, you haven't been paying attention. You know, after Purdue scored to make it 9-7, to yes, they had, uh, I don't know if they had all their timeouts, but they had at least two, and they they ran the ball. And they didn't pick up a lot of yards, and Iowa just let the clock run out, which to me made perfect sense. Now, if, if their first play, if the first down play had picked up 10, 15 yards, maybe you call a timeout, and then you recalculate where you're at and what you want to do but in that case just take the ball take a knee or just run out the clock and, and get to the locker room uh, that's why I was surprised the fans booed because they, they know who their coach is this is not a surprise this is this is who he is it's who he's always been and it, it's a formula that works I'm sorry it just it does it does work he's He's won a lot of games. He's won a lot of championships. He's he's done a lot of you know great things for the Iowa program, and I, that's why I didn't really understand uh, the booing part. But anyway, you know, Purdue's within nine-seven at halftime. They're going to get the ball to start the second half, and as we mentioned, you know, it's more pitch and catch between Jack Plummer and David Bell, and they move into Iowa territory, and boom, we have an interception. And to me, that's this is the turning point in the game. This is uh, this is the point in the game where you know Purdue, uh, you know Purdue really didn't recover from this from this moment, in my opinion. Yes, they they got back, they got closer, they had they had some chances to to get uh, to to win the game or you know get closer uh, in the score, but they they never really did fully recover from. Uh, the interception uh, that uh, Riley Moss uh, picked off Jack Plummer. The ball was underthrown. Uh, there was no question about it. Uh, Jack Plummer took responsibility for it after the game. Uh, and David Bell had a step on Riley Moss, the cornerback, that if that if he's got some juice on that ball, uh, you know, David Bell's going to score a touchdown. I, I don't think there's any question about that. If he if he leads him enough and puts him in a position to uh, to make that play, that that I think Purdue probably you know Purdue probably scores a touchdown in that situation or at least gets gets uh, closer to the goal line. But that was a big turning point. That was that was Purdue's second turnover of the game. Uh, the first one came when Ahmad Anderson uh, was ruled that he had uh, fumbled. After a, a nine-yard pass that moved Purdue inside the 10-yard line uh, in the second quarter, uh, the replay I saw, it didn't appear 
that he fumbled, or at least the ball came out after he hit the ground. But, you know, as when you think you see something about replay, it, <coughs> excuse me, and then it doesn't go the way that you think, it just leaves you more confused and baffled about what, what they're actually looking at. Now, I, I believe in this case... Uh, they said the call stands, which means I don't think there was enough evidence to overturn it, or they didn't have the right angle uh, to see, like when his arm hit, or when he when he was technically down, where was the ball? So they ended up going with the ruling on the field. So that was Purdue second tour, turnover, the Plummer interception, and then Iowa marched it right down the field. And, and scored to go up and went up 16 to seven. So it's a two-score game at that point, uh, and it just the momentum changed. And Purdue was still in it, and they, they fought back. The defense made some stops, but I just feel like like they never really recovered uh, from from that moment and that and that mistake. And you know that that that's a tough one on the road. Uh, but then what happened after that was, was a bit puzzling because of Purdue's next <coughs> excuse me Purdue's next five series uh, David Bell's not targeted and Purdue's offense kind of comes to a standstill and we asked Jeff Brom after the game about the law following the interception to win I think there were about four minutes to go in the game where uh, Bell caught a 54-yard pass. You know, what happened during that time? Did Iowa start playing a couple people around Bell? Did they change their defense? Did they make it harder for them, harder for Purdue to get the ball to him? And he said he had a conversation with Jack Plummer, you know, during that stretch about, you know, you have a player who has the hot hand, you got to keep feeding him the ball. But it just... It didn't happen, and I, I really thought that was strange that Purdue did not try to keep going back to, to David Bell. Now, on the interception, David Bell told us afterwards he got hit in the ribs, but he came back out the next series, and he was fine. So it wasn't anything to do uh, from an injury standpoint. It's just that, you know, Jack Plummer didn't, uh, didn't try to get the ball to David Bell, or the plays were not designed to get the ball David Bell. Uh, either way, it's, again, a little perplexing, a little bothersome that Purdue would go away from uh, the guy that basically, you know, basically has, has carried the offense uh, most of the day uh, on Saturday because the Boilermakers didn't have a running game again, even though they, they tried to commit to it a little bit more, uh, I thought, uh, today than they have in previous games. Uh but yeah, I just thought that was a kind of an odd, strange situation that uh, David Bell would disappear for that for that long a period of time that Purdue was not able to get him the ball. I mean, see, I, I guess it's one thing to not make a catch during that stretch, but I just I went back and looked at the play-by-play sheet, and I don't believe he was targeted at all uh, during those five series. And I, you know, you. you, you Questioning play calling is, you know, is you know it's a lot of second guessing, and we don't know what the play calls were. But I I thought there were some some periods where there was some 
some weird play calls uh, from from Jeff Brom, a quarterback draw, a run, and then all of a sudden you're in third, long situations, and they're just you know there were a couple instances here and there where um, you know I, I just it just left you scratching your head a little bit, um, but you know at the end of the day. Purdue did have chances to win. They had chances to uh, to beat Iowa again for the for the third straight year, but it just didn't uh, materialize. And you know, again, the turning point in my mind was the uh, the plumber plumber interception. But you know, now from a big picture standpoint, as uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the chances to get to a bowl game are really really reduced now. Um, and, and not that uh, maybe you were counting on this game to get you to a bowl. You know, it wasn't part of it wasn't a game that I thought Purdue was going to win at the beginning of the season, and certainly not a game I thought Purdue was going to win. Now, it just it puts Purdue in a situation where they've got five games left and they have to win four of them. And you know, the one game where you where you circle and say. Uh, Purdue's probably not going to win that one would be at Wisconsin and I know Illinois beat Wisconsin today uh, that doesn't mean Purdue can go to Madison and beat them but uh, stranger things have happened we all know that but Purdue's down put in situation where it really doesn't have any margin for error it has to beat Illinois it has to beat Nebraska it has to beat Northwestern it has to beat Indiana have a chance to go to a bowl game and it's you know it's that simple you know two years ago their back was their back was against the wall and when they went to Iowa and they pulled that game out and then they were able to beat Indiana and finish six and six you know last year uh not the same situation but um you know they had to beat Indiana to to qualify for a bowl again you know now they just they have to um you know they have to get on a winning streak. It's just it's just that simple. And now you're going to face an Illinois team that's really feeling good about itself. You know they just knocked off the, the a team. You know the, the stat that comes to mind is that uh, uh, Wisconsin had given up 29 points all year, and then they give up 24 in one game to Illinois, which you know just is not having a good year. And they did come back against Michigan uh, a couple weeks ago. Made that a game after getting behind, I think, 28 to nothing. Uh, so Purdue now gets, you know, Illinois, which, um, you know, is it, can they maintain uh, the momentum that they that they uh, they played against with Wisconsin and coming back? I don't know the, all the details of, of that game. Uh, I think Wisconsin was up early, and then uh, the Illini came back again. So... They're going to come in with a lot of confidence, uh, but you know Purdue should have confidence too. I think Purdue played well enough in a lot of areas, and a lot of people, a lot of players played well enough that you know Purdue should feel good where it's at uh, in this in this season with a lot of injuries. You know we don't know. You know maybe Rondell Moore comes back this week. Uh, you know, he, it would be roughly about a month uh, since his injury. And it would make it would make sense based on some of the things that you know we heard earlier. Uh, you know, when he first got injured, that it, it might be 
you know, this might be the timeline, this might be the, the, the they, they were earmarking him to, to come back, but it all, you know, it's all based on him, how he feels. He has not practiced yet, uh, but he has been out at practice uh, in, in some of the parts that we've been able to see uh, where he's been catching off the, the jugs machine uh, and doing some other things, but mostly he's been spending his time uh, in the training room. So uh, that, that's obviously something to watch as we get into next week is where where Rondell Moore's at. You know, maybe Purdue gets a few more guys back, maybe on the defensive side. Side Cordell Jones did not play today at linebacker. Uh, Branson Dean did not play on the defensive line. But Jared Sparks did return. Uh, made, I, th- I believe, three catches. Uh, so that, you know, that, that gives you another body at the receiving uh, position. Uh, so, you know, Purdue slowly getting a few more bodies back. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's something to build on from, from today's game, in my opinion. That, that could serve them well uh, in these next two or three games. And they are, I mean, they're, they're games that even based on all the injuries Purdue's had, and they don't have a full roster right now, but based based on what they have uh, and, and who's playing right now, the next the next three games are, are games that, you know, I can, I can see Purdue winning. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they're gonna get uh, run out of the stadium by anybody. Uh, when you look at Illinois, uh, yes, as we mentioned, had a you know nice win against Wisconsin, but they haven't had a great year. You look at Nebraska, uh, you know they're struggling in a lot of areas right now, and you don't know the health of uh, quarterback uh, Adrian Martinez. And then you look at Northwestern, which you, you don't want to make too much out of Ohio State beating them the way that it did, but that's a team that has struggled on offense all year. And if, if Purdue can, can, can put some plays together, uh, maybe get a few more guys back, then it's not out of the question that they, they could get on a little bit of a winning streak. But, you know, that's, but that's what they need to do. Uh, you know, there's really no more options for this, for this team if they want to get to a bowl game. And, and that's going to be the focus. The focus is going to be try to win the next week. And then move on. So, you know, curious uh, two to three weeks coming up for the program. Uh, you know, maybe not a big missed opportunity today from a win standpoint. Purdue obviously played well enough to win, but the turnovers were were, were costly in the end. That you just cannot go on the road against Iowa and and make the make the mistakes that you know Purdue made in the turnover category and expect to come out of with a win and even though Purdue did get a turnover on its own and you know set up a field goal you know you, Purdue you know the interception and then the the fumble were were uh, were just big plays that uh, you know took away scoring opportunities and especially the the Anderson fumble you know worst case scenario is you get a field goal out of that and then with the interception uh, in the third quarter maybe you get another field goal out of that and, and for your worst case scenario but uh, it just shows you where, you know, just how how tight things are, you know, with this team. This, te- this team is still gaining a lot of experience every game, every week in practice, which is going to, you know, it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to help them this year and definitely help them 
uh, coming up uh, uh, next year uh, as they get their full roster back and you start adding, adding some more pieces uh, from the 2020 recruiting class. Uh, so good things are happening right now for, for Purdue. It's just it may not show in the win-loss category. Uh, that'll be the frustrating part for, for a bunch of players, you know, especially in the 2019 recruiting class who are used to winning. You know, they won a lot of they won a lot of championships uh, in high school, and now they're not winning. So you, you wonder how that affects them and impacts them. Uh, but that's just that's part of it. That's part of what uh, that's part of that's part of what you have to deal with as you as you transition from high school to college. One injury note today. I know we talked about him a little bit earlier, but Jalen Graham left the game uh, in the second half, and I don't believe he returned. He had uh, he, he he ran off the field, but he was holding his hip back area, uh, so that that's that's an injury to watch uh, as as we get into next week. And Jalen Alexander left the game. I think he 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 got hit pretty good, uh, but he came back in and. And, uh, and and finish the game uh, for the Boilermakers. So uh, we got Purdue and Illinois next week. Uh, come back next week uh, on the uh, uh, on the podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll line up someone to talk about the Illini and see how much of a cloud nine that they're on after the win over Wisconsin, uh, and then uh, be able to update you where the Boilermakers are as they uh, they get in preparation mode who might be back uh, to to fill out the roster uh, subscribe to us uh, through the normal means you know that better than me uh, and then uh, if you got questions comments uh, hit me up on Twitter uh, email uh, and uh, we'll, we'll answer your questions as as best we can all right well thanks for listening uh, this has been the post game edition of the the Boulders extra podcast. Iowa beats Purdue 26-20, and we'll be back next week with another edition here at jconline.com.